Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. This is Damon. I got Kyle with me today and we are bringing back another special guest. We would like to welcome Garrett Kai. Welcome back, Garrett. Glad to be back. All right, so today we are coming in off the heels of a very special sermon that we heard from one of our missionaries that we partner with uh, from the East, right? That's what we'd say, the East. Sure, Southeast Asia type thing. There you go. <laughs> okay, so one of the missionaries <laughs> that we partner with in Southeast Asia um, shared a message this past Sunday and continuing our relational evangelism series. And the, the theme of the sermon was about like how far would you go and kind of what he was trying to get across to us is like there are people out there that are hurting as believers how far are we willing to go to share the gospel with them share jesus with them Mm -hmm. and would you be willing to go to places that you might not normally go and so i thought it was a really interesting uh sermon so if you haven't checked it out go check out our youtube page or our other podcast uh, the Catalyst Christian Community Sermon Podcast, and you can check out his sermon there. But I just really thought that it was very thought-provoking. and It was really like a check for myself to see how far would I be willing to go to reach out and share the gospel with someone else. Yeah, he, I mean, he threw out some scenarios, like would you go to a bar to share the gospel? Would you go to, uh, I don't know, some of the other ones, but like, you know, well, his wife went to a brothel to oh, share yeah, the gospel. That's right. Yeah, that right? story. And, yeah. and it was like, wow, that that one was really challenging to me. It's like going to a brothel to share the gospel. But it, it, it ended up being really cool, too, because kind of the the end of the story was that they went back a couple weeks later and all the prostitutes that they had ministered to left. Mm-hmm. And then they were actually going to have to sell the brothel because all the prostitutes had left. Right. And so you know, the gospel impacted them in such a way that they decided to leave that lifestyle. Right. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Keep going. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that was really challenging for me because of some of the scenarios that that he threw out were really ones that I would not normally associate with. Like, yeah, a Christian would do that. Or, or you know, like going to a brothel, that's really an interesting mm-hmm scenario to be put in it's like would you go would you go that far and that that was one of the questions that he asked was would you go that far mm-hmm. and so uh you know one of the reasons that we invited garrett on is because he's actually going somewhere to share the gospel so in coming up in july he's going to be going with our magnetic youth group to salem oregon to go on a trip with ywam to share the gospel so garrett just wanted to you know pick your brain a little bit and see uh, if you'd like to share about, you know, your heart for going to YWAM, going to Salem, like what is leading you to specifically go to Salem, Oregon to share the gospel with people? Yeah, um, I did a lot of praying, a lot of like, why do I even want to go? Because, of course, like it's fun to to like go hang out. Yeah, but like we're going on a mission, you know, we, we go with a purpose. Um, and for me, what I think my um, motivation is, is simply just just love um i've received so much love from god and from all these people around me and like i can't imagine my life without that i can't imagine my life you know going through without the lord but you know people are out there doing that um and if i have the chance to make a difference i have a chance to change that then i'm gonna take it um you know like the whole great commission it's not it's a matter of life and death maybe not like physically um but 
that could be the difference between eternal suffering and eternal joy, eternal love, eternal, you know, time with the father. Um, and so I go because, and I can't imagine my life without all that I have, without all the things the Lord has placed in my life. Um, and so I, I really do want to make a difference, um, to go out there to a place I've never been to a place that, well, they've been before and I hear that it wasn't easy. Um, but it was good. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to go because I, you know, I've done evangelism stuff before, but nothing like, nothing like this, nothing going out, putting myself out there and, and like trying new things. Um, it, I mean, I'm nervous for sure, but like, I'm really, really excited. There's so much like, ex- yeah, there's so much excitement to go and, you know, let the Lord lead, um, hopefully make a difference. But knowing that I'm only part of um, his plan to, to do something great out there. So it's, it's really just, I know what love is like. The Lord has done so much for me and I want to, I don't know if give back is the right word, but. Are I, there, are there some specifics that you could share with the listeners, like types of things that you guys do on, on this trip uh, up to Salem? Honestly, I don't really know. No. Um, well, I, I know that in the past they've done things like they get on a bus and whoever they sit next to, they have to like talk to them and evangelize to them for that whole bus ride. Mm. I know they do like a lot of like street evangelism. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what's on the itinerary this time, but I've heard like, um, yeah, things like that. Where some door to door, some yeah. just being out in the park and yeah, just um, approaching yeah, people, that like kind that. of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of faith to not even know what activities that you're going to be doing and to be able to just say, I'm going to go and whatever they put in front of me, I'm going to do. So just really want to commend you on that, Garrett, because, yeah, that that's not an easy situation. And even just hearing some of the things that you're talking about that they've done in the past, I think for a lot of people that would give them anxiety thinking, right. I'm, I have to do that and that and that. But for you to be able to say, I've heard some of the things that they've done in the past. I don't know what it's going to look like for this trip, but I still am going to go because God has shown so much love to me and I want to show that to other people. I think that's pretty cool. It makes me think of uh, something else that was in the message this last week where the, our speaker shared that it takes an average like seven times that people hear the gospel before they accept it. And so he was kind of th- saying like, well, what if the time you're sharing is number four or number five or number six? We, we kind of get nervous like, oh, we're going to have to like close the deal or like we get, you know, might have uh, apprehension with that. But then he said too, like, well, what if you're number six and then the person that's going to be number seven is waiting for you just to, to fulfill your your role. And then they're actually going to be the one to lead them. And just hearing that, it was like, it takes some of the pressure off, meaning like, yeah, I, I just need to share it. It's not my job to do beyond that. It's like I need to be open and willing to share. And then God does his part when the person's ready. Yeah, I've definitely, I've taken comfort in that, in that thought because like, I, I'm not that good at like talking to people. And so it's a no like, okay, it's just about my yes, just yeah. about my yes to yeah. the Lord and then he'll do everything else. Um, because to like, to share, I could share, but like what you said about closing the deal, I mean, I've never really done that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'll be able to, but it's also not about me being able to, yeah. it's just about the Lord taking over and me just being willing to, to go where he's leading me. Yeah, I like the perspective that you just shared in terms of it's it's about your yes. So it's about our yes, right? So when the Lord leads us to do something, the question is, are we going to do it? Are we going to say yes to him? Or are we going to say no? And so um, I really appreciate that perspective because that really that's all he's 
he's expecting from us. It's not like we have to step out of bounds just so that we can get them to say yes. Mm. It's about us saying, yes, Lord, I'll do what you ask me to do and stepping forward in that. So I think that's uh, a really good paradigm to have. Yeah, and I think part of that too then is just really being in connection with the Holy Spirit too, to say, God, do you, what do you want me to do? I'm sitting next to this stranger. What do you want me to say? He might say, no, not, nothing right now. That's not your time. Or he might just ask them how they're doing. Or, you know, it might be prompting you to do stuff, but you kind of have to have your your kind of antenna tuned to what, what God's trying to um, have you participate in. Yeah, I think that's another area that kind of Jamie was highlighting mm-hmm. uh, in his sermon because he was sharing about, you know, would you go to a brothel? Would you go to a bar? Mm-hmm. And then he he also qualified that with, but you also have to be listening to the spirit because it's not, each one of those assignments isn't for everybody. You have to find out if that assignment is for you, mm-hmm. right? So he shared that, you know, if you're someone that might be, have dealt with alcoholism in the past, well, going to a bar might not be the right one for you. So you might hear the speaker say, yeah, go out to all these different places, but you also have to be in connection with the Holy Spirit to say, is that really the one for me? Or what's my assignment mm. so that we can discern uh, which one is for us and which one might be for somebody else? Mm-hmm. And I want to give a plug and a shout out to all the men that went to the men's Bible study yesterday because that, that was one of the, the focuses of uh, this past week's study. Um, we're going through Peter and Peter's life uh, in the men's Bible study. So if you weren't able to make it to this first session, uh, I'd really encourage everybody to come on out because Robert is doing a great job of leading us. But one of the main focuses yesterday was uh, the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the witness of the Holy Spirit can really transform us from one person to something totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag along to your shout out. I actually brought my kids yesterday um, kind of willingly, but not all the way, <laughs> but that actually, they, you know, I told them I really wanted them to go and I, and this might be the only one that they can get to this summer just because of schedules, but I, I wanted them to, to hear and participate also support Robert in his teaching, but I wanted them to be around other men as they study the Bible and hear them share, because I think we need examples like that for our kids. So another shout out for any dads with boys, bring them out. Um, you know, you, you'll know if your kid's old enough to sit through a 30 minute teaching and some sharing, but you know, my kids, my youngest one's 11 and he did fine. But I thought, I thought it's a great opportunity for us to, um, invite our, our young, our young men to uh, fellowship with other men. But yeah, sorry. What was your, uh, what was your question on that? Oh, I didn't really have a question. I was, I was trying to give a shout out, but then I was going to, I was going to say, you know, for each of us, just wanted to see if you guys wanted had a chance to share about maybe times in, in your life where you felt like the Holy Spirit was really leading you to either go talk to someone, go share something, maybe to say, no, don't do that. Um, you guys have any examples of, of an opportunity like that? I feel like I've had many of those moments in my life. Mm. Um, awesome. We want to hear it. Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of times on campus, uh, a big part of my heart is like I, I don't like it when people are sitting by themselves. That mm-hmm. is like something that you know I've been through and it sucks. And so I wanna I wanna help. 
Um, but it's not always a bad thing for someone to be sitting by themselves. Sometimes they just want to. Um, and so I've done a lot of discerning of like, okay, is now my time? Am I supposed to go over right now? Um, and there have been times where I felt like no. And that, to me, that sucked because I was like, dang, I, I, I want to do something. I want to help. Um, but just trusting the Lord that he would guide me to the right opportunity. And I feel like I've also had a lot of those. Um, what, what comes to mind is uh, my junior year, there's this guy who I'd seen a couple times before. He's just sitting by himself. And I was like, oh, now's my time. I felt the Lord one time at lunch to say, all right, go now. Um, and so I go and I'm talking to him and he was in a very interesting situation because it was towards the end of the year. And he's like, yeah, I'm new. And I was like, oh, how have you been like adjusting? How has this year been? He's like, no, I came like two weeks ago. And like, there was only like a month left of school. Mm. And so he was like, dude, I don't even want to be here. Like, I just want to go back to what I had before. I want to go back to all my friends and what I knew. And I was like, well, are you going to stay? And he said, yeah, I have to because we just moved out here. Mm. Um, and so I could, I didn't fully, um, like I'd never been through something like that. And so I couldn't say like, oh, I totally get it. But I'd definitely been through a time of like getting moved and I don't want to be there, but I, I'm kind of stuck here. Mm. Um, and so to, to empathize with him and to just sit with him because I, I sat with him for a while. Like not just that one lunch. I would, I would go back. I would hang out with him, um, but he was younger than me, so I was just trying to help him find his own place. Um, I, I was so glad I was able to go, um, and I, I was glad I went at the time that I went because if I had gone earlier, I feel like it wouldn't have been not as impactful, but like it would have been different mm. because I would have, I wouldn't have had the mindset that I had of, of oh now God is telling me to go, um, and being wanting to and then finally getting the yes i went with excitement but i also went like with with a mission with a purpose um and so i was able to um share a little bit about my faith and stuff like that with him um and i mean he didn't he didn't start coming to christian club he didn't start going to church but i think that's okay like what we were talking about with what if i was the sixth person Mm. what if i was this well i was definitely planting seeds Mm. um and so i feel like I've had a lot of moments like that in my life where I've wanted to do something and I've gotten a no, but the no wasn't like no for sure. It was like, wait. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with this moment, it was really good. Um, You know, like the year was coming to an end, so I didn't get to like really make a super tight connection with him. But, you know, my senior year, I'd see him around and I'd say, what's up? And he seemed to be doing all right, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm glad. Um, But yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of moments in my life where I've been able to be sensitive to the spirit and go when he says and wait when he says to do that um, as well. Yeah, it's cool to hear you um, kind of hone in on the intentionality of what, what you're trying to do too. It's it's you're waiting for the right moment, but you're being intentional with those moments. And I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, for me... Well, some of the some of that I think relates to going to pray for people um, at even at church. So, most likely, you know, high chance they're Christians, but it's hearing this, hearing the Spirit, and getting that nudge to go pray. And it's you still have the yes or no moment, like, oh yeah, I'll do that, or no, I won't. I think the harder ones are when you get the nudge to go pray, but you don't know what for, and you, you have to just trust that God's going to show something. I think. That's harder. So I think even like when you're out in public, 
and God can give you a specific and things like that. It helps. But sometimes there's just like a, I just, he just wants us to take a step. So he just wants us to go just do this. And then we have to trust that he'll kind of lead after that. Those ones are, those ones are tougher for me. Yeah. So, okay. So kind of disclaimer earlier, we were talking about how we were going to transition from one thing we were going to talk about to something (laughs) different. And we were like, we should intentionally do something clunky. And then (laughs) we thought it was going to be funny. But anyway, as we're, as we're sitting here talking about this, I was like, oh, I think I actually have a decent (laughs) transition. (laughs) So, um, okay. So Damon's really good at connecting the dots. Like he can go from one place that doesn't seem connected, but he'll find a way. Yeah. Okay. So interestingly, uh, since we're talking about leading of the Holy Spirit, um, yesterday I was sitting at my desk and generally when I sit at my desk and I do some work, I'll, I'll either listen to a podcast that Mimo sent me or I'll watch something on YouTube or some, and usually it's like a, a sermon or something or, you know, sometimes I get caught up on movies or, or just different things. But yesterday I was looking through YouTube and something popped up and it was uh, a kind of a promo for a movie that's coming out next week called The Sound of Freedom. And I don't know why it really caught my attention, but I started watching it and it was the the main character who's played by Jim Caviezel. Uh, who is also the actor that was in The Passion of the Christ that played Jesus. He's also in other shows like Person of Interest, and he was in the movie uh, Monte Cr- Count of Monte Cristo. Um, and he's playing the role of Tim Ballard, who is a real-life person who used to work for the government, and he started doing some uh, missions where they would go to try to catch uh, traffickers, human traffickers. And there were a couple situations where he would go on these missions to catch traffickers and they couldn't connect them to the United States. And so because they couldn't connect them to the United States, they would tell him to back off the mission and come back home. And he had to wrestle with this because he would see these people that were being trafficked and he couldn't do anything about it because the government was telling him to come back. So it was like out of their jurisdiction, right? Yeah, it was out of their jurisdiction. So they couldn't um, legally do anything about it. And, uh, and is it adults and kids or just kids? A lot or? of it was kids. And that's yeah. the, really the one that kind of broke his heart was just mm-hmm. seeing the kids. And, you know, a lot of times when I think he was describing it, saying that kids were getting trafficked, people are thinking, you know, 15, 16 year olds. But he's saying, you know, what was break, heartbreaking for him is like, these are five, six, seven year olds that are getting trafficked for sex. Mm-hmm. And so it was really heartbreaking because he couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so what he did is uh, he started a nonprofit organization that would go out and work with other governments in other countries to be able to uh, stop trafficking or catch traffickers and rescue kids and, and bring them out of trafficking. And he said a lot of it to their organization, which I think was really cool. He said a lot of it is for them planning out how they're going to give these kids the whether it's um, treatment, health, uh, mental health services, uh, homes to live in, or just different things so that they can receive healing mm-hmm. and not just, okay, we bring them out and then we're just going to leave them there to be easily snatched up again and trafficked again. But how do we bring these out kids out and, and let them experience what freedom really is and 
bring healing and into those areas. So I thought it was really cool. And, you know, this movie, Sound of Freedom, it comes out next week and it's... Um, That's July 4th, right? Yeah, it yeah. comes out on July 4th. And so, um, you know, one of the things as we were prepping for this episode, I really felt like it would be good for us to kind of give a, po- a promo and a pitch to people to say, you know, we've had some organizations that we've worked with, whether it's Zoe, um, you know, it's Pastor Chana in Cambodia has done some stuff with Re- Destiny Rescue. We've had people here doing stuff with Destiny Rescue, like Trish LaChica, um, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing with explicit movement, it's things like Brave and Beautiful and the upcoming Brave and Bold are to help prevent kids from going into being trafficked. You know, so that's been something that we feel like God has really put on our heart at Catalyst is how do we help prevent and stop um, human trafficking and and child trafficking. And so we really felt like this was a a good movie for us to kind of give a pitch for um, just to help people to see the realities of what's going on in the world too. And and this is a rough subject to talk about, but, you know, it needs to be brought into the light. Yeah, it's tough because... In some ways, we almost seem hopeless or helpless that we, like, what are we going to do about it? But I think part of it is just bringing awareness and making sure that we know that there are evils going on in the world. And there might be ways that we can step in that maybe we weren't aware of before. Um, but, you know, I, in my message a couple of weeks ago, I had, I used the phrase, awareness brings action. And... It, it can, but we still have that choice. But if we're not being made aware of things, then we're kind of just sticking our head in the sand. And this one's a hard one because it, it's uncomfortable and it's not something that we really want to just chit-chat about. But if we're not re- willing to um, recognize it and acknowledge that it's happening, then we're actually not doing anything. We're actually I don't know, like we're almost kind of enabling it. it enabling, to that's happen. the word. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's part of what this movie is about, is to bring awareness to some of the things that are going on. I mean, if you've seen the movie Taken, um, it's kind of in that that vein of recognizing that you know trafficking is going on around the world. But one of the things that was really interesting that they talked about um, in some of the interviews that I had watched regarding this movie is that they said, you know, the United States is actually the largest consumer of child pornography and child sex in the world. Mm. And so that's our country that we live in. And, you know, if we're not aware that that's going on, then, you know, we're just continuing to allow it to happen. And that's one of the things that they really want to bring out in this movie is helping people to be just to know that that's going on so that they can step into finding ways to, to end it and stop it. Yeah, so so Garrett, you're you're a younger demographic than we are. Is that is that a topic that gets discussed or acknowledged in your age group, or is that not really something that's known? Um, I I don't often hear about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not something that um, we talk about. That's not something that well, I really ever like. I know that that stuff happens, but I didn't know is like uh like that that fact about the U.S. being um like the largest consumer, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's not, like obviously it's a rough topic, um, but something that, in my experience, I, I don't hear a lot about. Yeah, I think, I think in the 
Western world, we think that's a that's like more of a third world issue. Like it happens in those other countries, but not developed, sophisticated Western. I would say I was going to say moral, but I mean we're not even that moral anymore. But I, th- I think in the past it's been more of a way to just kind of discount it. But then yeah, when you hear stats like that, it puts it right in your face. Like no, this is this is our issue. Um, and I think the the sad part is it gets done from with kids from other poor countries, mm-hmm. and I think that's the that's the the part that really hits me. It's really then it's like a it's a power issue, power and money in the established Western countries then can use that and exploit you know people in poor countries. Yeah, it's the it's the vulnerable people that get exploited, and um, I I really think that that's why it was put on my heart today for us to talk a little bit about it is because, you know, it is coming out next week. So we do want to encourage people if, if this is a totally new topic for you and you've never heard anything about it, maybe it's, maybe this is an opportunity for you to go see a movie. Uh, From what I've heard, it's a very high quality, uh, very well-produced movie. So it's not some cheesy, uh, you know, under, underdone movie, but they, they've been working on it for a while and they really wanted to do it well so that people can, one, want to go watch it, but then, two, recognize what is actually happening in, mm-hmm. happening in the world. And, uh, you know, some of the interviews that I've seen, you can just see the passion that uh, Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard have mm-hmm. for this issue mm-hmm. because, you know, Tim Ballard's been living in it and he's been actually rescuing the kids and stuff. And just to see the passion that he has for it it's 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 pretty amazing and you know earlier we were talking about like how far would you go and one of the examples that he used was um that kind of falls in line with the how far would you go was that there was a man that he had met uh in the united states who had said i think he was a pastor who had said that uh his child got trafficked or kidnapped and and was being trafficked so uh tim did some research he went out and he went to the place where he thought that the kid was. And so he went out and he ended up rescuing like, I think 28 kids mm. from that place. But the kid that he went to go look for wasn't there. Mm. And so he came back and he's like, I don't know how I'm going to tell, you know, I made a promise that I was going to bring him back. And I don't know how I'm going to say, tell him that I, I couldn't, we couldn't find him. So when he goes back to to the man that he had made the promise to, he said, you know, I, I just want to say so sorry. Uh, we we rescued 28 kids, but your, yours wasn't one of them. And then he said the, the man was like kind of, there was a joy in him. He's like, what, why are you so joyful right now? He said, because you saved 28 children. And he, he said, you know, if my my child had to be the sacrifice so that you could save the other 28, then... It was worth it. Mm-hmm. And just like that perspective that he had, it's like, wow, he's willing to go there. And at that, when he, when he shared that story, I was like, really felt like, you know, like Abraham, right? It's mm-hmm. like he was willing to give up his, his son for the others. Right. And I just thought that was such a, a brave and a really a picture of who God is. Right. It's like, he was willing to sacrifice Jesus to save us. Right, and so that man was willing to to really live out his faith, and to say, "Yeah, 
it's a, it's, it's a blessing that you found those 28 kids and you're able to rescue those kids. Wow. And so, um, it's powerful. And then just to get a little bit more background on this movie, I've, I've seen some interviews with it too. And it actually was finished like oh, about five years ago. And then they were going to different distributors, um, Amazon prime, uh, Netflix, different places. They were turning it down. Like, they said they would watch them. They would watch a screening of it, and then they'd see the people would be moved and touched by it. But they just said, well, "We can't. We can't get behind this type of movie." And it it's sad because it shows that there are higher powers in our society that don't want this kind of stuff to be known. And that's why I I've I want people to go. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but I want to watch it. I. I want to take my kids, but I'm not sure the level of intensity yet. I did see in the interview, they, they say there's no um, actual footage of children being trafficked. It's all implied based on like the setting and the scene. You can tell it's there, but they're, they, they said they didn't want any kid to sh- look like they were being trafficked in the movie because that's such a horrible scene. So they purposely didn't have that. So it's not going to be that kind of graphic, but it, I think it's just the emotional intensity. But I think, you know, we got to get our kids to know about it. We have to know about it. We have to like recognize that there are evils in our world that we can't just keep our heads buried in the sand. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just bringing things to light. You know, when things are brought into the light, um, they get exposed and people can see how wrong wrong things are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what we wanted to do with this part of the episode was just to highlight this film. So if, if you are feeling the Holy Spirit tugging you to go watch the film, then maybe this is a good time to say yes and, and follow that prompting and, you know, we were talking about discernment earlier and some, some of you might not be ready for that yet, mm-hmm. but just maybe just hearing about it, mm-hmm. hearing about some of the things that we talked about today might pique some interest and, uh, might be a right, the right time later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a somber, <laughs> difficult way to, to end this episode, but you know, th- it's just a, it's a serious subject and I really feel, um, proud of our, our Catalyst family for the past that we've wanted to step into this issue and, and do a, you know, take a stand and really support different organizations or be a part of, you know, I know that Trish and had gone on a, a trip to go to actually help rescue people. Yeah. You know, they, they call the movie sounds of freedom and it's, I, I, they show a clip of, you know, the kids that got rescued and how they're just so cheerful and joyful. And then they kind of say, well, that's the sound of freedom and just bringing that life back to them. But I think it's cool that they're actually releasing it on our freedom day on July 4th, because we take our freedoms for granted. I do. I take my freedom for granted. It's just what we grow, what we grow up with and what we're used to until we start feeling it taken away. But think of all the kids either from other countries that, especially like you said, such young ages that they've never really had freedom and they're experiencing a type of slavery, a type of, you know, that kind of oppression. And, you know, as July 4th, whether it's that day or, or shortly after, like, yeah, if that's, like you said, if it's speaking to you and go, go see what freedom is really about. All right. I think that's a good way to close out this episode. So until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season.
Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.